Is that work? My name is Isaiah. I am the lead pastor here at the Power Place, and the Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily. It's why we're here. It's why we exist. Uh, we want to join hands with you and walk with you on this journey that we call life. And uh, we know that God has um, great things in store for you, and so we just we just want to do life with you. And um, and so we're excited about about the future and what God's doing here. Uh, Revival Nights is a, a thing that needs to be on your calendar because it is going to be an incredible time together in his presence. Uh, we're really excited to see what God starts to unwrap um, in the days ahead in this house. And so important things uh, to be a part of, that would be one of them. Throw it on your calendar. You want to be here. Also, update on the new space. Um, if, if we'll stop doing redesigns, we might be able to get it built. No, just kidding. It's good. It's good. Things are happening. Things are moving. And uh, we're excited to continue to pray with us um, as we are uh, just walking and navigating these days. It is so cool to see what God is unwrapping um, for the new space, uh, just, just visualizing what, what God is going to do there. Um, he's getting us ready now for what's coming. And uh, so don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't get comfortable. Don't get, don't get stagnant in your walk. Continue to go. Uh, fresh fire comes from stoking. Okay, so it's a daily stoking. That's why we say daily encounters with the Lord matter, because you got to get in his presence daily to continue to stoke that fire. Uh, Today, we're starting a new series called Giant Slayers. Yeah. Um, Look at your neighbor and say, hey, sir. Hey, ma'am. Whoever it is, whatever, whatever. Yeah, do the appropriate one. Um, uh, You're a giant slayer. You're a giant slayer. I'm excited for this series. We're going to be unpacking. the giant of addiction, the giant of pride, the giant of, of guilt and shame. We're, we're going to be unpacking all of these, and I'm really excited to see what God's going to do through it. Um, there's giants in your life that need to be taken out. Now, immediately when I said giant slayers, all of you went right to the story of Goliath, because that's the story that you think of when you think of giants. But I want you to start thinking of giants in your life that have taken over your attention from who God is and should be in your life. And so there's, there's, these different, there's these different things in our lives that come, and it, it overwhelms us in these moments to the point and to the, to the spot where it pulls our attention away from God. And so in these moments, as we're, as we're diving, as we're peeling back layers, um, let these, uh, let these next few, four sermons, whatever, let them be areas in your journal that you can go back to and let God start to peel back some layers in your life. So don't look at these as, oh, this one's not for me. Okay, famous words in the church. Oh, this one's not for me. It must be for my neighbor. No, it's, it's for you. Okay, write it down. Put it at the top. This one's for me. Okay, if you're taking notes today, this one's for me. And I want you to start looking at these as God is trying to reveal and open some areas, maybe in your life that you didn't know exists. Okay. This is a big, this is a big pride strip back. And it's like, Hey, listen, there's some areas in my life that maybe I didn't even know existed because I'm not around the right people to expose it. So we get comfortable in areas with different friends and all these things. And they just kind of take us for who we are and just kind of accept us as we've come. And the Lord wants to, he wants to push us today. He wants to push us over this next. And I believe that this is a series that came straight from the father. And so we're excited to unpack it today. We're going to be talking about the giant of mammon, the giant of mammon and mammon is, is the demon of greed. 
Okay, I just want to I just want to make sure we're clear. Mammon is is mentioned uh, four times in the King James version of Bible. Okay, Mammon is is literally a spirit, and I want to start peeling back the layers of money and greed. Now, immediately, you all just started. You literally crossed out at the top. This is for me. No, put it back in there because literally every single one of us has an area in our life where we're getting a little greedy. And so I want to talk about, I want to talk about and peel back some layers. Uh, I'll break this down and, and help you because I want you to understand it. You need to understand it. Okay. Everybody say, understand it. You need to understand it. You need to understand the stronghold that it has. Okay. We also need to make it a little practical. How many of you love when it's practical and you can actually apply it? This is one of the greatest things with the word of God is that you can make the word of God practical and apply it to your life. Okay. That's, that's one thing that you need to do. And then we're going to take a look at biblical because you can't have practical without biblical. So we're going to take a look at the Bible side of it. Okay. And then we're going to overcome it. Now, a lot of us don't ever get to this spot, but today we're going to overcome it. In my prayer time, as I was, I've been preparing for this, the Lord literally, it was prepping away and he's like, this is going to be one of those days that we talk about it and overcome it in the same conversation. That's good. And the way we're going to overcome it is today we're going to sacrifice it. We're going to kill it. We're going to kill it. We're going to take its life and suffocate it. Okay. The giant of mammon today is going to die. It's going to die. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's pray real quick. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Lord, I thank you that today is yours. We give it back to you. Lord, we give you this service. We give you uh, everything that is happening in this moment. Lord, we give you our emotions. We give you our feelings. We give you our heart. Lord, we give you our minds. We give you our eyes. Lord, we give you our ears today. And we say, Lord, it's yours. It's yours. Work today, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would just continue to pour out in these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I've, uh, I've titled my sermon this morning, Freed from Greed. <laughs> it rhymed. It rhymed. It was straight from the Lord, but it rhymed. Okay, so it, it, was, it was good. I liked it. Um, the, the Greek word for mammon, which appears four times in the King James Version, is mammonis. It can mean money, material wealth, or personification of riches as a false idol. Worthy of our time and devotion. We, we, we give into this. The first time Jesus mentions mammon is in Matthew 6.24. He briefly referenced it as part of his Sermon on the Mount. And given shortly, it's given shortly after the Pentecost. Now, this, this whole side of mammon, uh, when, when I started looking into it, uh, I was like blown away and, and, and befuddled at, at this, this, this demonic source of greed. It was, it was pretty insane because as I'm, I'm peeling back layers, I'm like, Lord, what, what, what is this? this? This thing that honestly, I thought, you know, okay, money's not bad. It's the love of money that's bad. But what is the root of this thing? It's, discon it's discontentment. I'm, 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 not, I'm not content. And so in this, whatever it is, if, if, if you're sitting in the room, you're like, well, I'm not rich, so this must not be me. No, it applies to all because it's discontentment. So when I'm, when I'm not content, there's a spot in me that is, is pushed to want to go to the next. And so now my attention turns inward rather than upward. Amen. 
When we address money in the church, it's always easiest to think of the person sitting on your left and right. That's duh. And the church has created this uncomfortable barrier around the subject of money. It just has. It's, 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 it's clear. The church likes to shy away from conversations about money, but one of our values here in this house is unity. Yup. We say a house divided against itself cannot stand. And so we lean into intentional conversations because hard conversations lead to health. Can we lean into an intentional conversation this morning? Can we lean into something a little harder to swallow? I know this one is, is tough, but I, I understand the importance of this. And when it comes to money, this is a, a subject that is always like, ooh, we're going to talk about that. I value, we as a house value unity and coming into alignment with each other and saying, hey, let's have a hard conversation this morning. Let's have a hard conversation. We're going to lean in here and talk about some things that are, are taking and plaguing the church and plaguing people and homes today. And so are you okay with, with, uh, with diving into this with me this morning? Okay, good. Hebrews 13, 5, we always go Bible. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Notice how I didn't say keep your lives free from money. It said the love of money. And be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Let's be clear from the beginning. Lo uh, money is not the issue. The love of money is the issue. Okay? Money is not the issue. The love of money is the issue. 1 Timothy 6, verse 8, it says, But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Think about that. It started with the love of money, eager. I'm, I'm eager for this, this gain. And in that, they've pulled away and wandered from the faith. Because you can't have both. You can't be driven after money and then want God. It just doesn't work. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dividing in my attention. And so the Lord is calling on us to be focused on him and give back all. Lord, it's yours. This is something we do in our house all the time with everything, not just money. We give our kids back constantly. I'm like, here, you, Lord, take them. Take them back. <laughs> Brittany has given Wilbur back a million times. But we, we, you just give it back. You, you, we give back our bills. We give back, we, we give back the building. We, the new, we gave it back. Gave back. We gave back giant slayers. I gave it back. Lord, it's yours. We give it back. I gave them back to staff. You can have them, Lord. We give them back. We, we give. We just continue to give it back. It's not mine. It's yours. I'm just a steward of it. And so when I give it back to you, all of a sudden the responsibility goes off of me and onto him. And now I just have to steward it well. That's it. it it's, it's that simple. So when I, when I give it back to him, when I place it in his hands, I say, Lord, I trust you. And when I trust him, that's where faith comes in. So now it's not about how much I have. It's about my obedience. This is not a pull out your bank account and let's go over how much you have and you're being. No, this is, Lord, 
I give it all back to you. What do you want to do with it? All I want to do is be a part of a church that's obedient to his calling, that's obedient to his voice. That's my heart. My heart is that we come into alignment with him and say, Lord, what do you want? This isn't a tithing sermon. This is an obedience sermon. Let's call it what it is. This isn't, this isn't, we need to give more. I don't want you to line up in lines and be like, who wants to give a thousand right here? Who wants to give 5,000 right here? Who wants to give 10? Okay, you're going to, we don't need that. No, no, no. What's the Lord telling us to do? It's an obedience thing. It's this thing where we get into alignment with him. We say, okay, Lord, what do you have? It's one of the first things we did when we took over this church in February. We gave back the finances. So Lord, we're not going to pray over money. We don't have to. You're going to supply it. So we give you back to church. You can run it. Bring it in when it needs. It's his. When was the last time you gave your house back? When was the last time you gave your bills back? When was the last time you gave your kids back? When was the last time you gave your spouse back? Lord, it's yours. So we just give it back to him because our attention and focus is on him and him alone. First Timothy 6, 17. Command those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Oh man, if there's anything that speaks to today, it's being uncertain. Who knows what's, tomorrow, what's coming tomorrow? You never know at the end of October, they're already saying it might come back. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know monkeypox are coming back. And if it comes back, let's just go ahead and be clear now, okay? Because we're, we're, we're in September, so we're not there yet. We're not going to close down. Just, just so we're clear. Just, just want to make sure we're clear. Nothing's going to change here, okay? You just won't be able to go to Canada. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. It didn't change last time. Nothing's going to change. We're going to stand. We're going to continue. We're going to give it back to the Lord. Lord, we give you this house over and over again. We give you this house over and over again. Mark 10. Uh, let me finish out here. Sorry. Uncertain. But to put their hope in God. Let's back up here. We'll go back. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who, I love that they use this, richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So notice, notice, he says, command those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly, <laughs> my God paves his streets with gold, okay? He's not lacking. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't lack. He, he just wants all of the attention. And so we give it to him. We say, Lord, it's yours. We, we give it all back to you. We say, God, it's yours. We put it in your hands. You do with it what you want. And when he starts to pull on your heartstrings, you feel it. You can feel this, this nudge. Anybody ever felt the nudge? You just feel the nudge. It's like, I got to do something in this moment. I was talking to the staff in staff meeting maybe a month ago. I said, when was the last time that the Lord put someone on your heart to bless financially? If it's been a couple months, it's probably a you issue, not a God issue. We have to tune in. 
It's, it's funny because when we start talking about finances, you can already feel it in the room. It's like tension and tight. It's funny. It's so funny to me because the money, money is how the world operates. It's funny, it's funny to me that, you know, we, we, when we talk about money, it just becomes very uncomfortable. Literally, when I go to Walmart, they make me pay for my things. No lie. I tried the other day. I got tackled. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But we don't even think about it. We don't, we don't even think twice about it. We'll go and we'll pay to them what they deserve because it's a price tag. So I got to pay that. We'll pay to Caesar what Caesar's, right? We'll, we'll pay our taxes. We do all that stuff. It, we, so, you know, we complain, but we, we do it. The Lord asks for obedience and we get all tight. Like he doesn't even put a price tag on it other than the 10th. Other than that, the, the top said, hey, you can, you, on top of, of giving your 10th, you can do whatever you want with the extra. You can, you can get all. And we're, oh Lord, I didn't know this, 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 this big of a commitment. This is big. I feel like this is like, what? Like that was mine. You saw how much I saved. Feel the tension in the room. Feel, feel it. It's heavy in here. It's thick. And I can't say it's thick with everything but the Holy Spirit. There's some tension here. Feel this. It's so funny because leaders in the church, I can, I can probably go around the room and hear a million stories about how leaders in the church have used God's money and God's people wrongly. And you probably all have a story of who you've seen do it, and the show that you're watching, do it. And tear them, I can, I can, we could probably hear a million personal stories. Let me, let me give you some clarity here. This house has never been and never will be built around money. You don't get a special seat here if you give more than the others. Okay? One thing that I, I, I literally gave back the moment that, that I took over was the finances and said, Lord, that's it. It's yours. Okay. And here's the thing. My job is only to steward this house and what comes in. But there is no, there is no, there, hear me. God's, God's obedience in this house, our obedience in this house to God is the most important thing on my plate. The most important thing. The most important thing. It's not robbing from Peter to pay Paul. It's, we're, we're not, we're not, no, no, no. Lord, we are going to steward what we have and we're going to steward it well. I never want to be a leader that wants to shy away from the money message just because it causes tension. One of our values is unity. We lean in. And sometimes I like it. I like it. It's a little uncomfortable. Do you feel it? It's right there. We're still here. I, it hasn't broken yet. I feel it still. 1035. You still got a lot of minutes with me. You're not getting out of here soon. And I just called. They closed the whole. You can't get to Applebee's. So you're good. It's shut down. You might as well just get cozy. The Lord wants your whole heart. He wants your whole heart. When, when Brittany and I first got married, we had so many areas of our life 
that we just had to continue to give back to God. And money was one of them because we got paid next to nothing. So we were trying to make it all work. And God, we just kept giving it back to him. Lord, you see our finances here, make it work. And I remember that. I remember the one day I, I got onto my bank account. I was like, babe, did you put money in the bank account? She's like, no. I was like, well, neither did I. How did we get that in there? Where did that come from? The Lord, he's doing it. Just obedience. Just be obedient. Be obedient. It's, it's that obedience. It's, it's stripping of the spirit of mammon, of greed, of that, that, that oppression of, of, of oh, Lord, I need, I need more. It's that stripping to take off the, the layers, to take off the, those, those, those shields that all we can see is one thing. And now we start to strip it back. And it's like, Lord, it's yours. Have your way. And now all of a sudden it's like, ho, oh, I, I can feel it. I can feel his joy. Even in, even in amongst where I'm at, I can feel it. Mark 10, verse 17. And he was setting out on his journey. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. Those are easy. Lord, I've done them. I'm doing them. I'm currently in it. This is good news. Go on to verse 21. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. This is good news. All I got to do is sell it all. That's it. That's the only thing I'm lacking. Verse 22, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Oh, oh, you want it all? Ah, oh, never mind. I guess all the things that I've done for my youth, you can have it. This is where we get, because, because we get so attached to the things, and it's so funny, because it's all through the Bible, like, don't build up your earthly good, build up your heavenly good. Build up your heavenly. When you get into your, your daily encounters, he strips the love of money. Verse 23, and Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to him again, to them again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Ah, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is big. This is big because it's, it's not, it's not the wealth that hurts us. It's the discontentment that hurts us. It's not the wealth that hurts us. It's not, it's not, I've got a lot, so I need more. It's, I don't know if I have enough, so I'm going to focus in on getting more. It's this whole attention to, I'm not content. The craziest part is we find our contentment in the Lord. We find that, that, that peace with the Lord. And so it's getting into his presence that strips those things back. Mark 12, uh, verse 41. 
Everybody okay? Look at your neighbor. Do a well check. You okay? <laughs> Make sure they're still all right. It's okay. We're going to get through this. I promise. It's going to be great. Verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Let me address this again. This is not a rich issue. This is an obedience issue. There, there is a, a posture to getting in his presence and saying, Lord, what do you have for me to give. What is this? I, I never want to become so focused on, on, on this that I lose out on all of this. It's an attention to, to something And I love that Jesus brings attention to it because, you know, you have all of these wealthy people being like, look, here we go. It says also in the Bible, not to know, let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Go ahead and bless in secret so it's not a public thing. 2023 version, don't post it on Facebook just because you give. Sorry. You know, like, you know, like bringing, bringing that attention to I love, I love hearing stories privately that I'm like, dude, you never shared that? Like, that's huge. Like, yeah, man, the Lord, the Lord has done so much in the private moments of my life. This is huge. Oh, 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 oh. What God wants to do for the humble. <laughs> when we give back to him all that's his, when we place it in his hands and we say, Lord, I, I, I didn't know, but I've gotten a little distracted lately. I've gotten a little distracted lately. And so God, I give you back my full attention and say, here it is, Lord, it's yours. I'm laying it down at your feet. I'm laying it down at your feet. Let's move on. Matthew six, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth. Here it is where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Understand this. Your heart is placed where your treasure is. I've given my, I've given my heart to Jesus. Your heart is where your treasure is. Verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve 
two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And in the KJV version, he says, ye cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve both. You can't, you can't serve both. You can give your money back to him, but you can't love your money and love God. It's just there's not enough placement for it. And it's biblically stated clearly. There's no confusion in God's word. It's full clarity. And so whether you have a little or a lot, your, your, your consuming attention towards it is what is killing you or making you thrive. See, the moment I get my attention off of the Lord is the moment that I become distracted. And so I have to fully focus. And this is where a lot of us will go off on different tangents when the Lord is just calling us to one lane. He's calling us to one lane. And in this one lane, it's like, Lord, you see what I have. I give it back to you. And I'm just going to be obedient with it. And then the Lord says, hey, there's a good steward. I can bless that. Here you go. I watch my, my uh, grandparents give, 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 give. And then they had a builder come and say, hey, we're going to build you a house. We want you to live in it. Okay. That's a pretty sweet deal. The Lord's up in heaven. He's like, thank you for being a good steward. Here's a present. Happy birthday and Christmas for the rest of your life. How cool is that? That's a pretty sweet deal. I've watched multiple leaders in this house be handed free cars. That's a pretty sweet deal. Maybe not to you, but to me, that's a pretty sweet deal. I don't know how many of you guys just have a car driving up your driveway like, it's free, take it, ha ha. I'm pretty amazed at who God is. That's pretty cool. Obedience, obedience, obedience. Do you give to get? No, that's a hard issue. So I'm not, I'm not being obedient with my money just because I want a reward. God knows my heart. See, this is the issue. This is the issue. We cloud it up so much because we're like, we're going to give. Lord, you see that, right? You see, you see it. You see, this is going to hurt us, Lord. You see it. No, no, I just give it back to him. So I'm going to give. Lord, that, that's yours. So hands are off because you asked. So I gave. Now my hands are off. God, I give you my obedience. And in that, he's like, oh, there's a heart that I'm pleased with. Does this make sense? Are we, are we getting, are we gaining traction? Some of this is, this is the mindset of a follower. It's like, give, okay, give, okay, give, okay, give, okay, give, okay. All right, good. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Watch, 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 watch. In my daily encounter, I just, I get in, in front of the Lord. Lord, what else do you have? What else, what else is in store? Because, because you're so good, as we continue to give it back to you, you just continue to show up. It's a heart posture. Because discontentment is a heart issue. 
And this is why we say humility is the foundation for growth, because when I'm humble, I remove pride, which removes me. And a lot of times in the giving, I'm involved. And it becomes more about what I can do for you rather than what God can do through me. And so this whole mammon, this this, this evil spirit of greed that pulls our attention when you type in mammon online, you can go, it's, it's mind boggling. There's, there's like these demonic sources with like gold around them. It's, it's, it's wacky. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's, it's, ugh, it's demonic. And the craziest part is that a lot of us are, are at the feet of it. Oh, I, I just want more. I need more. I'm poor. I need more. Or I'm rich, but I ain't got enough. And it's this whole mentality of I just have to gain. So let me help you here. Okay, pastor. So what are you saying? Are you saying that if I have a lot, I shouldn't? No. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying if you steward well, the Lord will bless you. So steward what you have because I believe in investments. I believe in, in, in gain. I believe in taking what God has blessed you with and investing so that you can multiply so that we can continue on. I'm not calling this church to a lifestyle of poverty. I'm calling this church to a lifestyle of obedience. I don't care if your bank account says 15 grand or 300,000. It doesn't matter. That, that doesn't change who you are to me. What it does is I want you to look at that and say, Lord, look what you have to work with. What do you want me to do with it? When was the last time, no matter the amount, you gave your account back to the Lord and said, Lord, what do you want to do with it? What if, let me ask you a heart question. What if the Lord asked you to empty your savings today? Would you do it? Would you empty it? And I'm not saying me getting up here and say, empty your savings. Ah, leave. No, no, no. What if in your private moment, in your daily encounter, the Lord nudged on your spirit and he said, hey, I want you to give it all. Could you? Would you? But how would you pay the bills? It's not my worry. That's not my worry. What if COVID hits again and they close down all the grocery stores? Number one, number one, I got really good Amish friends, so I'm covered. You all not. I heard a friend of mine say that I'm going to go to my fridge and have faith that when I open it, it'll be full. That's faith. What if the Lord asked for it all? Remember in the story in the, uh, in the Bible, I want your son. Take your son. It's going to be the sacrifice. Okay. Okay. What if the Lord asks for it all? Is that something you're okay with? Or does that drive you nuts to think that he might? 
This is a heart issue. This is, Lord, I just want to be content with you. I just want to be in line with you. And when I am, it's all yours. Everything I have is yours. God asked for your house tomorrow. Would you give it? This isn't a joke. This isn't a put on. I genuinely come before you as, as your pastor and I say, if the Lord asked you tomorrow to give it all, would you? This is a heart issue. And when we get our heart right, the Lord can pour out. And things change and shift in his presence. If this region is going to be changed for the Lord, which it is, then we have to continue to get our heart in the right posture. Lord, it's for you. This is for you. It's not about building this house big. Lord, you fill it. Lord, you fill it. You fill it. And as you bring it in, we're going to steward it well. We're going we're to overly steward this, John. This is yours. Lord, this house is yours. These walls are yours. This building is yours. Our landlord is yours. This property is yours. The Section 8 housing on top of the hill is yours. Lord, it's yours. This is yours. It's yours. And in being yours, I have access to it. So what if the Lord was waiting for one obedient move to say, I was just waiting for your heart. I was just waiting for your heart. Now that I have your heart, come follow me. Now that, now that you've given it all to me, come, come follow me. Learn and grow and glean because I've got so much in store for you now that you've given me your heart. Whew. Moving on to uh, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Ooh. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? And which of you, be, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Man, some of you need to hear this because you've been so stressed. You're literally peeling back layers of years to live on. You, you, you're so, you wake up stressed. You go to bed stressed. You live stressed. Your children see stress. Your husband sees stress. Your wife sees stress. Your grandparents see stress. Everybody sees stress on your life. You're so stressed out. You can't even imagine giving it over to the Lord. By being anxious, are you, what, 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 what are we accomplishing? Lord, I give you my anxiety. Come on. Brittany talked about it this morning. I give you my anxiety. I give you that heaviness. If your worry and your, 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 your daily is, ah, what if? Do we fully trust the Lord? But I don't know. But do you fully trust him? Well, yeah, but you don't know. 
Do you trust him? Do you actually trust him with everything? Verse 28. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you a little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Oh, this is good news. The heavenly Father knows that you need them all. I love that he covered every area because this is what money has to buy today. You need money to buy clothes. You need a lot of money to buy food. You need even more money to fill your car up. We're buying e-bikes for our family, and that's all we're going to drive. We're selling it all. We're just going to get e-bikes. Come on, kids, line up. Line up. Be safe. Put your helmet on. It's going to e-bike everywhere. We'll put a power play sticker on them. You need money to survive. That's why this is, this is important for us to get. When we hand him back it all, then he's our provider, not our manager. This is so good. It's, it's getting into a lifestyle of obedience. I remember the day that, that I heard that Bill Grandizio was going to quit his corporate job and come work for the church. You're crazy. No. No. Obedience. Listen, I know it doesn't make sense, but I've got to be obedient. And he left corporate and came to work for the church. Now, at this point, he might be regretting that, okay? I'm not sure he knew that he was going to be working for his son-in-law. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> Love you, Pop. <laughs> but what God has done through him and his obedience is mind-boggling. And God knew that this house needed someone obedient Ah, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not getting it. God knew, God knew that this house needed someone obedient to say, hey, I'm going to leave that, the security of that. I'm going to come to this and just watch God be obedient because of my obedience. God follows his word. God follows his word. And so when it's in the word, it happens. Hey, I'll take care of you. Just give me your heart. Okay. Here's my heart. Sure. Hope it works. Yes, it works. Let me tell you, it works. Giving him your heart, your whole heart, it works. He's so good. He's so good. And he just continues to pour out over and over. Verse 31. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Whew. This is so good. This is so good. This is so good. My, my grandmother sent, sent this attached to every card that my dad ever got, and then every card that we ever got as grandkids. It was always, this is the verse. This was her life verse. Seek first 
the kingdom of God. And when you seek him first, all of these things will just automatically be applied. It's incredible. This, this, is, this is huge. So, so I get away from the focus of, of, of greed and I just need more. I give him my heart and then all of these things will be added. So I don't have to have the heart posture of, Lord, I sure hope you show up. No, it's, Lord, I give you my heart and then I just, I just get in a posture of obedience. The Lord starts to strip back and bring areas of my life. And I'm like, Ooh, Lord, I give that to you. I give that to you. I give that to you because you can have it all. You can have my heart. You have my obedience. Verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Church, the giant of mammon must die. The, the giant of greed must die. It must, it must die. There's an area of our hearts that have to be given. Just, just like the story. Lord, I, I've followed all of these commandments since my youth. I, I've been in alignment. Yes, but there's one more thing. And the last thing that I just got to hit on is that you need to go sell it all. Ah, Lord, that's a tough one. That, that, that's a tough one. Because my heart has been to grow that area. And since I want to grow that area, I'm going to need more to make it grow. That's business sense. The Lord's like, no, no, that's not my business sense. My business sense is give it all to me. Let me have it all. And when I have it all, that's the best business sense you could ever have. Some of you spend your life looking at different business partners to team up with to gain. Not saying there's something wrong with that. I think it's very wise to steward your stuff well. But when was the last time that you talked to Father God and said, Lord, I need the best business partner there is. Here you go. Let's team up together. When was the last time you said, Lord, I'm going into business with you. You've never failed. You've never let me down. You have never failed. Now, there's a difference between thinking God failed you. And a stewardship problem. There's a difference between thinking God failed you. Lord, you did that. Oh, did he? Where is that in the scriptures? Because remember, we always go back to Bible. It's a heart posture. This is a Lord I want. I want you and only you. So I ask you the same question that I asked my staff. When was the last time that God put a financial thing on your heart for someone else, for something else and said, hey, son, hey, daughter. If it's been a while, I, I would ask the question, Lord, am I dealing with the spirit of greed? Is my heart fully yours? Have I given everything over to you? Because, Lord, I just I just want you. And then ask this so important question, Lord, are you pleased? Lord, are you pleased with the way I steward my finances, with the way I steward my home? 
Are you pleased? Because, Lord, if not, I just want to align with you. When God hands us things, it's our job to steward them well. When God trusts us with things, it's our job to steward them well. How are you stewarding your money? Close your eyes all over this place. I want to take a moment. Worship team, you can join me. I want you to take a moment. I just want you to do a scan of your heart. I want you to do a scan of your heart real quick. Just ask the Lord, Lord, is that me? Am I holding on to things? Lord, I just want you. Lord, I just want you. Just taking a moment and getting before the Father. Miss Jude, you can play, please. Lord, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in this place, Jesus. Jesus. 